Oof. But it's all right. All right, Chaz, we're back. Back again. To talk about Kyo Abelli and Dave Project Abelli. Wow. We Project Prodan, Project Abelli. We did it. We did both of them. Um, what are we even doing? It's gotten so convoluted at this point. The Project Abelli? Yes. Well, here's the thing. We need to outline it. Okay. So here's the thing, right? Last week, brought it up on the show, much excitement. I mean, that stinking guy who sent that in, genius. Genius from Portland, Oregon. Totally. Uh much excitement. So we started it. I reached out to Kyle and Kyle hit me back. So I was thinking, you know, I had no idea what the nose cost for a year. Uh, it costs a lot more apparently than we could have raised, but he said, or maybe we could have raised it, but we're not going to discuss what it actually costs, right? No. Okay. No. But, uh, so then he gave me a tiered system. He said, Oh, he was, you know, Kyle, man of the people was excited about it. Thought it was a, a, you know, awesome as long as sort of we didn't it wasn't a thumb into the eye of the world surf league which i told him no this is not at all this is just you are the man of the people we want you to ride for us anyhow so he gave me like a tiered thing of what we could do like where the sticker could go on his board uh for one event or for the whole year or whatever and it just basically made the simplest sense to get newcastle for fifteen thousand dollars so one event on the nose fifteen thousand bucks we could do the nose the nose the nose is that price yes got it yeah uh but the original concept what i what i'm saying when i say it got a little bit convoluted the original concept that the listener pitched was more of turn kayo into a nft yes which i didn't understand nfts yes and i've spent the week learning a little bit about it and on Instagram, that was kind of the feedback too. So my, I didn't get that last week necessarily. My yep. thought last week was more what you just said, which is let's just raise money to support Kyle sure. and get the podcast sticker is representative of the time that the people stood up, got together and funded a professional surfer. Yes. Right. And that that's still relevant. And that's actually what we're doing completely. There is a GoFundMe set up right now and people are contributing to it. And, uh, but as we discussed it through the week, there's a bigger opportunity. There's a bigger movement happening here and a bigger opportunity than getting a sticker on one board for one event. There's a full way of, I think, commodifying or turning pro surfers into a market here. Uh, and I'm still fuzzy too on exactly how, because the surfer, him or surf herself has to benefit, which I guess they NFTs, every time it sells, they get a percentage, right? They so, work that into the contract. Yeah, it works in where it's part of, I don't even know how it works. But yeah, every sale of that NFT. So I guess the surfer would have to, we would have to create NFTs for surfers is what we'd have to do. And then we would take a percentage, I suppose, of every NFT sale. But then the surfer would also get a percentage and et cetera, et cetera. So the way that I envision this, and again, this is a much bigger plan a uh, big, bigger, bigger business bottle, bigger paradigm shift for all of surfing, but it's timely. It's actually overdue. It needs to happen. It's a more sustainable model. It's a more engaging model for the fan base, all that sort of stuff. But uh, we're not, it, we won't be able to implement it. It'll take time to put together. Sure. So right now, kind of this initial groundswell movement, the proof of concept will be this GoFundMe Kyle that Belly. is currently up and running to 
Right. Well, and it's all, and it's still, I think, is exactly, you know, what we set out to do, which is what we're doing, which is, I mean, you said it, it's Kyle is representative of the hardworking everyday surfer. Right. And so to put the grit on his nose is, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're shooting for Got short it. term. Proof of concept and then lay out the bigger business model. Yes. So let's talk about that bigger business model. Um, do you want to try to, and again, there's, as almost with every show, listeners are going to know more than you and I do. I mean, and we're, they're going to send their trillion percent. They're going to send their feedback next this week. And, um, we'll come back next week with even more information. Do you want to try to explain NFTs or should I, I mean, go for it. Non-fungible token. Yep. It's what it stands for. And it's essentially a collectible and through blockchain, you can create a, um, let's say, a code that makes it unique. It validates it. It's a certificate of authenticity, right? And un, I mean, what makes it? Unreplicable. Unreplicable, like anything can be forged, right? Money can be forged, Rembrandt's, art can be forged. Yeah. Anything can be forged except NFTs cannot be forged. So while to the layperson, myself included, it seems like this is the easiest thing to forge because that piece of art, Beeple art that sold for $65 million, it's just a JPEG. Yeah. I could just screenshot that and replicate it. But it doesn't, having the art is not what's important. It's having that code. Exactly. So if you own the authenticity cone, just like with uh, Bitcoin, yeah. it's just a serial number. Exactly. And that's why the, uh, what are those brothers from the Facebook movie? Oh, the uh, ones played by the now canceled Army Hammer. Yeah. Uh, the Vinkovai. Vinkovai, who invested heavily, they literally printed all the codes out on pieces of paper, cut them into tiny strips, and then drove across America, putting them in safety deposit boxes in various banks, because that was the easy, the safest way, essentially, for nobody to steal them. Yeah. Because if they just put them in a house, in their safe in their house, somebody could steal the safe and then own all their Bitcoin. So... While it seems ethereal and while it seems kind of out there and hard for me to understand, it's actually more nuts and bolts sure. than green money is. Sure. Like green money, it's all just fake anyways. We're all just pretending or agreeing that it all has value. Yeah. Stocks, we're just agreeing these things have value. Yeah. You know? So this is just a logical extension of that, but even more, less easy to replicate. Precisely. And then back to the NFTs, yes. which are collectibles that... Once again, I mean, there's a way in, I hate using words like disrupted marketplace and things like that, but in terms of artists actually getting paid uh, and continuing to get paid off their work, I think NFTs are phenomenal, yeah. right? Which is people can sell that piece of art for, for 60 grand. Somebody could flip it for 120 and he gets still gets a piece of that 120 grand sale. Every time it Every gets time 10% per Every transaction. Time, which is... How awesome is that? So this, this actually is just a logical way. This makes perfect sense. The sure. more I kind of looked into it, the more I realized, oh, this isn't a fad. I think this is around for a long time to come. I mean, I because of course we want to assign value to Jack Dorsey's first tr tweet yeah. is something that somebody commodified, Yep. you know, and um, Super Bowl highlights, yep. things like that, that we're all participating in. Of course, somebody would want original ownership of that. And just as with any of the, uh, artwork, let's say paintings, Van Gogh, whatever. It's not that people 
everybody agrees that's the most beautiful piece of artwork ever, or the most beautiful painting, you're not getting $65 million out of gratification from looking at that painting. Yeah. What you're getting is we all agreed that this is rare. It's a one of a kind thing. And for some reason through a lot of network effects, we just agreed that this had more value than another piece sure. of piece of art. And so that's kind of the same thing. Jack Dorsey's first tweet, we all agree that has value because of what Twitter has done in the, in that amount of time. And so, yeah, I wish I could own that. I have, I have beautiful pieces of art out there in the marketplace. I have two cakes, David Lee scales, two baked? beautiful cakes. They're 3d renderings. They spin very lovingly on a carousel forever. And the cakes bring with them things you buy the cake, you, it's the, I think the green cake of trust and maybe the blue cake of life, I do believe. So you can buy, I used to bake out of spite, David Lee. When I baked Elo that cake, it wasn't out of good intentions, a good heart. I was being spiteful. What'd you put in it? I mean, it was a good cake, but oh, okay. it was still baked with spite. It wasn't not, poisoned. Not with love, but oh, these okay. cakes are baked with love and they will pass love around the world. I've changed. I'm a changed man. Uh, people bake like TLC into their cakes. Yeah. Yours is just love. Love. S L C. Exactly. S L C. Spite, love, and care. <laughs> Tender spite and care. Yeah. But have you been to Rarible or any of the sites where you buy yeah. NFTs? Yeah. So you buy, I mean, my cakes are on Rarible. You can go buy it if you want. Is there uh, a price attached to it? Yeah. There's 50 bucks. But see, the beauty is so it's 50 bucks per cake. But. The thing is, you buy the cake and you sell the cake, then you also make money on my cake forever. If somebody buys it from me. Yes, but all you have to do, I mean, this whole experiment, right, is fun because what has value and what can you convince someone else has value, right? Or what does the marketplace decide as value? Sure. So my cake. So, we'll see. okay. Okay, well, I've got so many thoughts. Rarible.com backslash Chaz Smith. There's my cakes. But are these... Uh, you said they're videos of a cake spinning. Yes. Is it the actual cake that you baked? There's or is it a digital rendering of a cake? It's a digital rendering of a cake. Got it. But in that cake... Did you digitally render the cake? I did not digitally render the cake. Okay. Yeah. I am sort of like... Uh, who's the artist who has everybody make his art? Uh, All of them? Coons. Yeah. I'm one <laughs> of those. Jeff Coons? Yeah. I mean, even Michelangelo didn't lay on his back painting the Sistine, yeah, Sistine Chapel. It's true. He had a bunch of students. It's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so my cakes... Uh, are valued at $50, but yeah, they're minted. So you mint an NFT, David right. Lee. Right. Uh, and the minting costs money. Right. So I'm even selling my cakes for cheaper than the minting price. And the minting wow. price goes up and down, oddly. Okay. So there's certain times of the day that it's more expensive to sure. mint than others, depending As on with how any many other people market. are minting. Did you know also that NFTs are somehow environmentally super damaging? No. How, yeah. that, how is that even possible? The computing power it's taking to create these... Uh, whatever their blockchain thing is so great that it's like massive greenhouse gas comes from just running the computers that are making NFTs. So if you don't fully buy NFTs. into um, the fact that NFTs are always going to go up in value, yeah. what you should really be investing in is the server farm sure. that is generating what you just said. Exactly. Which I guess people are for, I mean, I'm sure. And those are in China. They're yeah. a lot of those are built in China next to, 
energy factories, yep. essentially, where there's a lot of land and a lot of cheap labor, slave labor, essentially. Yep. But that would really be the wise investment, would be all the support system that, that is too. around this market. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, you buy one of my cakes for 50 bucks, right? Like, whoever knows, somehow something could happen where all of a sudden that cake is worth five million. I mean, it's like, uh, what's his name? Trevor Andrew, uh, Trevor Andrew, the, um, did we talk about him last week? No. Trouble Andrew. He's a Gucci ghost. He was a snowboarder and then did, you know, did graffiti, did a Gucci ghost, uh, around town. And then Gucci actually had him do a collaboration. So he did a whole line with Gucci, Gucci ghost. Uh, but then he just sold his NFTs for like, I think in one day he made $15 million, which so went from snowboarder to, you know, street artist guy who the thing with Gucci is cool, but it, you know, it's not like life changing money. And then all of a sudden he's a multimillionaire based on an NFT. So you never know. That's the fun gamble about it. I think you never know what's going to happen with one. And if you're early in enough with anything sure. with the stock market, you're the cake equivalent is probably some company you and I had never heard of that was originally traded on the stock market, Yeah, but it just grows in value. The entire market goes up. Stinking Bitcoin. Right. It cost less than a dollar for a Bitcoin, I think, when they first came out. Uh, and now you're one Bitcoin, 58 grand, give or take. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Yep. So as it relates to surfers, the marketplace that I kind of envision or that we've kind of been talking about throughout the week is um, create a platform where each surfer has a value. Yes. Almost like a stock market would be an easy equivalent. Uh, I mean, but I think you couldn't, I think you would have to, because on an NFT, you can also go straight bidding system where you don't sure. assign let value. the market decide. You let the market decide what totally. they're worth, but you would have to do it in collaboration with the surfer. I guess you wouldn't have to. But. We don't have to. That's We were talking about that throughout the week. I don't think we do have to, but I think that it would be smart to build them into I mean, profit share. I mean, I would imagine that they would want to, the ones who were, who were smart would be driving the price of their NFT exactly. up and then profiting Correct. off it, right? And Correct. so then they would be talking about it. So I think, I mean, I think you'd have to do like a 50-50 split. Not 50. You don't think so? What does a surfer get? 10%. Same thing as Beeple. So the surfer's getting 10%. Yeah. But you have to- Per trade. Yeah, sure. But I mean, I guess. I guess if their trade is going nuts. For, no, this is, again, the original concept for all of this was power to the people. This is the people taking back surfing. Sweet. Okay. Those, and like by it. the way, we're not replacing the sticker that's on the nose of their board. No. By all means, go out and get other sponsorship. And this only elevates their awareness. Well, this is, I mean, this is my uh, curiosity with Project Abelli also, is that is our crowdfunding his nose? And I think it totally is. It is way better for Kyo's, uh, what, his, not his image, but... Like all of a sudden people are talking about him. He emailed me and said people came up to him on the beach in Australia and we're talking about Project Abelli. So it's already out there and we've just gotten started. I'll get back to the platform and how it's going to, but tell us more about Kyo's response to this whole movement. Yeah. You I mean, reached out to him last week. You said, and he gave you the price list. Yep. I reached out and he was, he, you know, gave me a laughing email and said, haha, you know, this sounds funny. Sure. I'm interested. Let's talk about it. So then I sent him kind of a, you know, this is what we were thinking. Just wanted to get. How much would it cost? Or, you know, if you're, if you would be cool with it, how much would it cost to get, you, you know, your nose? And he's, then he gave me price list. And then, yeah, then he hit me back and was worried that uh, it was 15 grand for the year. And I assured him, no, 15 grand for Newcastle. 
I don't even want, I don't even want it to be that formal. Yeah. You know, I want him to understand this. We're not trying to apply the old paradigm to what we're doing here. Yeah. We're not going to sign a contract. We're not going to make you commit to anything. No. We want you to know that we want to support you. The people and, want you, Kyle. And we would love if you, as a act of reciprocity, put this sticker on the nose of your surfboard. But if you have another offer from another sponsor, by all means, take that money too. Yeah. And we don't want to come. We don't want to compete with that. We want you to make more money than Gabriel Medina this yeah. year. And so if we our sticker ends up world. on your board, awesome. But we just want to wrench some of the power back away from that old paradigm. So I, through the DMs. Oh, by the way, Project Abelli is the Instagram. Yep. You can link to the GoFundMe from there if you want to support. Um, he DM'd me on Project Abelli's Instagram and he's like, oh, you know, I'm my manager. We're concerned about, we're trying to work these other deals and how does that affect? And I was like, rest assured, this only elevates the other deals. This only brings more awareness. Completely. There's no conflict of interest. We're not looking. We're not taking a the, category. There's no podcast category that he's trying to fill. And- Exactly. Exactly. And we don't even want exclusivity for the podcast category. The fact that you're even looking, you or your manager or anybody else is looking at this through this exclusivity lens is the problem yep. that you're missing the point completely. Yep. We're here to lift you up and inclusive. Exactly. A brotherhood exactly. surrounding you, Kyle. Exactly. With love. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the, again, the original conceit is power to the people. Sure. So we want to, somebody was like on Instagram goes, just get Oprah to fund it. And I don't even know what that means. If yeah. that was like an Eric Logan connection that he was trying to make as a joke. But the point is Oprah has enough power. Sure. This isn't looking for somebody to give money to something. This is us taking back the power to the people. It's putting $100 into Kyo belly and then knowing Kyo is surfing for you. And then when exactly. So when Kyo draws Kelly in the heat, you know who you're rooting for. And you got a skin, you got skin in the game. How many, how totally. many times in pro surfing? Have you have people, you know, had skin in the game? So when you have a fantasy team, it's a small version of that. So I, I view this platform, Project Abelli, as the NFT being like a fantasy, a fantasy league, but where you're actually, you are invested. The yep. surfers benefit from your investment. Yep. The surfers are out there. They're trying that much harder because obviously not only does their uh, livelihood kind of they will earn more money the better that they do, but their ancillary sponsors all get elevated through all of it. Make surfers interesting again. Imagine the ones who are the most interesting that will be the value. one. Yeah. Who there could be a surfer in 32nd place on tour that is making more money sure. through this marketplace. Cause he's than more the number interesting. one surfer. Yep. Totally. And because maybe he's doing antics. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sold. So let's do I'm this. In. Yeah. Project right. belly project to belly. Starts underway. a whole new, whole new era in professional surfing. Now I've never run a GoFundMe before. Yeah. I'm kind of anti GoFundMe in general, not anti, they, they definitely serve a purpose, right? Yeah. Medical bills and stuff. Um, but I am surprised like the number of people that are listening to this right now, the goal is $15,000. Yep. How, if we get, 100 people, actually, that's if we got a thousand people to put in 15 bucks. Yeah. That's totally doable. Yeah. And there's no, there's no bottom line limit on the no. GoFundMe, right? You could put no. in $3 if you want, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, some people have already put in a hundred or 20 bucks sure. or whatever. But I'm just saying, if a thousand people are Do listening, 15 bucks. 
well more than a thousand people are yeah. listening to that. We know that. So if just a thousand of those people put in the 15 bucks, we can hit this today. I mean, that's and I'm just epic. surprised that people don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they know about it yet though. Okay. We're giving, we're giving people a chance to know about it right okay. here. Yeah. Right now. Project yeah. to belly. And if you have two bucks, put two bucks in there. I mean, I don't know what the cost of don't is. Is there a cost to donating? Yeah. yeah. No, there's no cost. 50 cents. And, and uh, can you all of the proceeds cents? go to Kaya. Yeah. So this is all just, we're doing all the legwork just gratis. Yeah. This is all for Kaya. Yep. So, uh, and be a part of the disruption. Own professional surfing. Exactly. I'm excited. Um, do you want to see some of the merch? Yeah. This is the sticker. Beautiful. That we want to see on Kaya Belly's board. Love it. Uh, it is the Fox News. Somebody mentioned if the WSL is broadcasting on Fox Sports, which they do in certain regions, We'll probably get a cease and desist. Oh, perfect. It's fine. Oh, totally. That's a news story. Yeah. That'll end I mean, up as three articles on Beach Grit. Are you kidding? Five. Um, and then the merch store is open to subscribers. Very exciting. I know. How do you subscribe again? You go to surfsplendorpodcast.com and click the subscribe button. Okay. There's a little side tab that floats with you or it's up in the menu bar. Sweet. And it's five bucks a month. You can avoid the pesky commercials throughout the show. But you also have first ac first access to merch. So nice. we launched merch last Friday. Sent out an email to everybody. Here is uh, everyone's favorite hat. It's a beautiful hat, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's embroidered. It's I not mean, just like sprayed on with the uh, with the nice rope. The exactly sort of nautical rope too. Exactly like it. Make Chaz great again. Love it. Will you wear this? Yeah, heck yeah. It's like um, the band wearing their own. Oh, totally. T-shirt on stage. Oh, completely. I will com fully wear. <laughs> that is totally awesome. I'm going to be that guy. I'm just going to walk around Seaside Market with my make Chaz grit again. <laughs> um, did I say great? I meant grit. Yeah. Make Chaz grit again. Yeah. Uh, black and white hat. Those are a hot seller right now. Um, I, in your article about the Project of Belly, yeah. did you talk about... I haven't written it. Yet. Oh, okay. That's what I've been holding. I saw like, an article I was holding till today. I saw an article go up last week that was about you um, feeling bad for being a provocateur for the last five years or ten years. That was the one about my NFTs. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that was my. So what? What was the premise of the article? Well, because I didn't read it. Every every full moon now, I was enlightened. I became enlightened, and so every full moon I have a moment of enlightenment where all of my nastiness goes away, all of my just shit stirring ways just and it i become a vessel for light and love hmm. and that's what i meant that's what i meant nfts that's the opposite of teen wolf yeah it's the opposite it's hmm. exactly the opposite of teen wolf okay yep and I, is this i glow is it um it's a cosmic event or you intentionally like decide that nope. you're going to cleanse yourself it just happened it really? was a cosmic event wow yeah i was just sitting there and just filled with light and love david lee and that's and then when I, you create And then I minted NFTs. Wow. Okay. With those lights and loves. How often do full moons happen? I think once a month, maybe. Is it? Yeah, that big. Oh, no. That makes sense. No yeah, idea. once a month. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> do the do? Oh, yeah. You're the one who teaches children. Man, you should know it. this. I know. I totally should know it. <laughs> it's, it is once a month, I'm pretty sure. Uh, wow. Okay. Now, while I don't believe in, or anytime anybody brings up astrology or yeah. any, like, crystal they have crystals in their room for certain whatever full moons i totally disagree with all that like it, i just laugh when i hear people sure. talking about it however weight and mass full moons they have the ability to Change swing the, water. the ocean 
tides. Yep. You know, three quarters of the earth is covered in ocean or is yep. it two thirds? I don't, I don't really know. Three quarters, two thirds. Something. Yeah. I think it's three quarters. Might be. A lot. It's and more than so half. it's moving the ocean. Yeah. Our bodies are 85% water, water 95% water. I don't know. I'm just throwing out numbers. It, moved, it moved me. It moved me. It does. Yeah. How can it not? That's what I'm it saying. It has to. Yeah. Okay. So on those days that I'm in NFTs, the whole point of this NFT I forgot uh, is to make it so valuable that Eric Logan has to buy it as a, uh, as an investment piece. And then he gets a cake baked from love instead of a cake baked from spite. Um, this is supposed why, to end up at Eric Logan's. Why does he have to buy it as it'll, an investment opportunity? I mean, it'll be so good. It'll be. But you can't have every. You can't own every investment opportunity. You can't. But this one is specifically made for him, and I mean, not for him. It's made for everyone, but it's made to get to him. And so, if an NFT is running, and it's made to get to you. Then once Eric Logan has it, he can resell for 10 times value and make a lot of money from this cake I baked for him. I feel like I need to buy it. At 50 bucks, I need to buy it just so I could sell it to Eric Logan. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Eric will buy it at 60, but he should. Because once Eric buys it, then Eric can sell it for so much money. And Eric then can profit yeah. from this cake that I baked for him forever. So when it comes to our surfer platform, if... Uh, are we, are we going to design it so that Kayo has a hundred shares and a hundred different individuals can buy them for 20 bucks each? Or do you just, I think you float the open market. Okay. Think, so somebody could buy all of the shares of Kayo yes. and then parse them out. Yes. Got it. Yeah. And do, so do we designate a certain amount of shares per surfer at the beginning and do the shares? See, we're going to have to hire an NFT expert is what we're going to have to hire. A mathematician even, yeah. and a st statistician. Yeah. Because be complex, the and that's the other thing is, man, I'm I'm actually going to get really into this. I feel yeah, I think this is going to take <laughs> over my life because I'm already interested in what Kyo's eating right now. Sure, do you think he's training? I follow him on Instagram now. Of course, look at him. Yeah, I look at his fitness. I think he does. Yeah, I think he does. Train. He's looking good. Yeah. Who does Who does Kyo come up against round one? I didn't look that up yet, but I <laughs> but I will. I will need to. Um, so let's actually get into Oz, I think. We yeah. should talk about surfing. We should. Kaloe Andino is not going Out. to Oz. Yeah. He's injured. Was he in Oz? I was confused. Yes. He was there. He was quarantining. Yeah, that's what it said in the article there, went, or in his he, press release. So he injured his foot earlier in the year. High ankle year, sprain. Whatever. Do you understand what a high ankle sprain is? It's high on the ankle. I've Googled and it. something is sprained. I Googled it many times in my life, and I still can't remember. I think it's one of those injuries that is like a real injury, but it's like... I'm not a doctor, but I think it like just is basic. A my leg is hurt. Okay, I think so. It could mean a number of different things. I feel that it can, but I thankfully we'll have listeners who will tell me what exactly it means. Tendons run something like that throughout your leg, yeah, from low to high. Yep, and I think maybe you twist your ankle, but it tweaks the tendon higher. Okay, there we go. But not up into the calf. Did you just use your uh, intuition? Did yes. you just deductively reason that one out? The same way I figured out the percentage of water on earth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Kaloe's out, which um, is a bummer. Yeah. Because the problem is this thing, I mean, it already was shaky. Yeah. The premise of this year being a world title year, again, with this weird Australian leg and et cetera, et cetera, where I, I mean, it's too late to, too late to 
change direction, but they should just call it a grand slam of Australia. Who's going to win it? Like it's not a championship. It's, you know, you can win the Australian grand slam. Great. Mm -hmm. Right. You win four events, make it like triple crown. Perfect. I don't know why they're not doing that. Cause now without Kelly, right. Without Kalohe, who else is not there? I don't know. I think they're all there. Other than that. So, okay. It's just Kelly and Chloe. Yeah. Okay. But, um, Chloe, this would have been his op- one of his good opportunities to win the season. I looked, he was, he was, yeah. I mean, ending at trestles, well, I suppose that, but also he surfs marginal waves. Good. And if new, not great. If Narabeen's not great, he could benefit, he could benefit from those. But I says, I says on my last article, I says, Chloe doesn't want this this year. I know. Like Kolohe does not want the title this year. I did think he, he respond to that? Did no, you? Oh. He didn't. But uh, did Matt Biolas respond to you? Yes. <laughs> calling him a uh, yeah. The cool, cool. His mom. look was the cool mom who uh, lets you do drugs at their house. Funny, got a t- Derek got a text from him. Uh, it was a very kind text, but amongst other things, he said, uh, "Let's see here." And by the way, that joke was from a listener. Listener DM'd it to us oh, and yeah. said, I mean, hey, did you guys ever recognize Biolis looks like? Uh, but I, it's funny. I got that DM to me multiple, multiple, multiple oh, really? times. Like so many people had the same idea. It was an image of uh, Biolis's look in Andy Irons and the Radicals, yeah. which is the full zenith of that look for him. He started merging towards that look for the yeah. last year or two. But now it's like he's growing his hair out long, probably like it was when he was young, but it's thinned out a little bit. So it's kind of like, it's got a different look to it. He's upgraded to like fancy frames. So he's got these hip frames, but then of course he's aged. But but you know, and Matt Biolas is, I feel has always had an iconic Matt Biolas look, right? It's like the San Clemente surfboard shape rough, right? Permanent five o'clock shadow. Yeah. Permanent five o'clock shadow, like hair that's uh, not, noticeable i suppose like his hair is what it is right yeah. just a short semi-messy cut not nothing fussy about the hair yeah five o'clock shadow but then but then his body his physique has softened up but he's still wearing punk t-shirts yeah. from his youth yeah so it's like the fancy frames the grown-out hair that's thinned the softened physique but tucked into the adolescence t-shirt i feel that uh he's gonna come back though i feel Matt Biolas is going to come through the woods on this one and come out the other side with a whole new look that's going to be exceptional. Like Madonna. Yeah, He's going exactly. to reinvent himself. I feel so. I feel the time is now for Matt Biolas to, I mean, surfing needs it. Surfing needs a <laughs> style icon. I feel this moment more than ever, mm. it could be Matt Biolas. Could be. Yeah. Um, so what did you find what he said? Yeah, I mean, he was just, he sent a very kind text to Derek. Uh, he had but, then, about it. but at the end was like, I even have to agree uh, how bad I looked in that Annie movie. So um, I was going to compliment him in that uh, Mick Jagger and Steven Tyler have adopted that look. Rod Stewart has oh, adopted that look. So maybe, so maybe it's I, a common thing amongst kind of. Uh, high-level artist. So then maybe I was remiss and even poking fun at all. I mean, maybe he is a style icon right now. Maybe his look is exactly what it should be, and I need to change. Like, I'm just trapped in some weird past. Well, think about Steven Tyler right now. Steven Tyler, he's got scarves. He's got long hair that's, like, dyed with, like, a skunk streak down the middle, and it's, like, pinned up into a man bun. He's got guy liner on. Maybe Biola should... uh, Start wearing face makeup. I mean, I could see 
it'd be a good look kind of. If you want a little a little glam, a little kiss. Because we're wondering right now is the look that he's going for, it could just be unintentional. Sure. It's a mixture of his youth and his aging without him knowing that they've merged. If he just owned it. I mean, maybe, but maybe he is. Maybe this well, is his he, look. Now he's confronted. He'll have to. I mean, but maybe he says, yeah, look at, lane, I, look, at, look at how, this is sick. And you're going to be looking like this next year. And he fully could be right. How many styles, how many things have come where the first time you saw them, flojos. And he thought, what are those? Yeah. That's ugly. Yeah. That is ugly. Of course. And next year, you're wearing a pair of flojos. Exactly. Yeah. All the time. Yep. Next year, I'm going to have slightly orangish hair just cut right about here. Okay. Yeah. Bangs? Bangs. All right. And Let's create an NFT for your bangs. Stylish readers. People could start investing in it right now. <laughs> um, regarding Chloe's absence. Uh, Who, who's I, your survival, survival pick? Kanoa. Mm, yeah. Did we and talk about that last? We may have. Yeah. But you like to talk about Ryan Callanan. Yeah, but I didn't pick Ryan Callanan for this one. You didn't? I'm scared. He's from Newcastle. I know he is. But- I saw, I mean, the Survival League's Instagram uh, confirmed my fears this morning where it said, oh, I got to read it directly. Uh, it was, you keep going for a minute. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you about is how much does the preseason edit, how much is that kind of a harbinger of somebody's success going into the year or the, the event? Because there's been a string of unbelievable edits this week. From, I mean, from him especially. Ryan Callanan's is insane. My, my favorite surfer. I know. I don't pick duds. I know. I pick favorites. And I overlooked it, to be honest. Even when you were hyping him a year ago, I was just like, eh. No, right. without. He is the best surfer. It's gnarly. I, I think Ryan Callanan, I'm going to go out and say it. Ryan Callanan is the... Third best surfer on tour. Second best surfer on tour. All in. Not competitor. Surfer full stop. Who's number one? John John Florence. I think it's... So you you pick Ryan over Idolo? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Bold claim. Ryan not over Not for Idolo. your team. Not, no. Ryan... Hmm. But so the uh, Survival League post was home break and a bunch of hype. What could go wrong? Oh, Like, dang. which is... I mean, they're trying to smoke screen because that's their pick. I mean, for sure. But it is also home break with a bunch of hype coming in. What could go wrong? And Ryan Callanan, per my last and only discussion with him uh, last year, I suppose, year and a half ago. Ryan Callanan does not like to go Habsies. Ryan Callanan likes to go all out. And so home crowd going all out, coming off a hot edit. I just feel like, not that he's going to blow it, but that's why, what makes him my favorite surfer is he does not surf to the criteria. Yeah. And so I imagine him going big. I imagine him maybe right. not making it through. That's the key with the survival league is pick middle tier, like just reliable. Not me. I'm picking top. I picked a uh, stinking John John, I think, to I win it for pipe. Well, you have your strategy. I am. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going best surfer on the table every single. I'm just going to go down the list. So, but for the survival league, you just have to not lose. Yeah, precisely. You have to survive each event, and I forget which round you, you have to make it through. Yeah, but if you get kicked out, then you're done. Exactly, you're over. But there's no benefit to winning the event. No. So. Ryan Callanan, based on everything you just said, is somebody who could lose the first heat. But this is what I'm, precisely. But but 
Yeah, exactly. Brian Callanan could lose the first eight. Why I'm picking the best surfer is that imagine that you were playing the game, right? And you're thinking, okay, I'm going to put in, because I don't want to burn, I'm going to save Medina or, you know, Idolo or John, John for later on. Uh, then you lose. Right. So you can't use them. You're done. Of course. Yeah. This is why the NFT platform is superior to yeah. all other fantasy type platforms yeah. is even if Ryan loses, he could be the most valuable surfer because he went all out. Precisely. That's why we love him. Is and because, because and because, or it's somebody who gives like a fabulous presser afterwards. Exactly. Who doesn't just say rote things. A post interview explode, expletive. Yeah. And post boom, NFT through the roof. Yeah. yeah exactly. you're, I mean, that's said it once. I've said it a million times. Surfing is a lot more or is about a lot more than surfing. Totally. You've said that a million times. I've, said I've never so heard much. it once. Really? Surfing is about a lot more than surfing. Maybe I just don't listen. Yeah. Uh, so how much does the preseason edit? How much of that is a harbinger for their performance? Here's what's happened this week. Callanan dropped one. Kanoa dropped yep. one from Portugal. How'd you like uh, Yeah. It's exactly what I would expect. Yeah. And like, it's very good. Yeah. It's very polished, but it's. Um, Nothing new. Nothing new, nothing unexpected. With Kanoa surfing, while I'm a fan and while I have my money on him for this event, there's no point of difference in Kanoa surfing. Yeah. So that's going to be Kanoa's problem, breaking beyond the top five, is Idolo has a point of difference. John John has a point of difference. Do you think the judges will ding Kanoa for his lack of difference? No. No, but Kanoa will consistently get seven fives in every heat, in every event. Yeah. But we've never seen him get a 10. Yeah. And that's the reason why. You think so? Yeah. Do you think Kanoa kind of charges a little bit now, doesn't he? I mean, he's made the Pipe Masters finals. Yeah. Uh, at least once. Maybe, yeah. I think maybe twice. I mean, he's he's committed to charging though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I could see him pulling into a, I don't know, a big box tube getting a 10. I, I, we just haven't seen him get tens yeah. ever, you know, like yeah. when you think, think of a highlight reel of tens in your head, you think of Kelly Slater, Kelly, John, John, Idolo, Idolo Gabriel, Felipe doing double two alley-oops at Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson getting barreled. You yeah. know, you, you don't think of, uh, Kanoa's you don't think, Kanoa, butter, Kanoa, buttery but turn. consistency is yeah. where you got Kanoa will beat everybody. Yeah. And so, and you can win a title on, cons, on getting seven fives in every heat, Sure, you know, uh, but so Kanoa's at it. Yago Dora dropped in at it. Um, Did it make you feel bad for wanting to kick Yago off tour? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. And I'm a fan of his too. But how much of that, again, back to the original question, do you watch that and then go, I'm betting on this guy? Uh, I mean, with Callanans, he's the only one of the edits that got dropped where I would think you bet on that guy okay. watching the edit. But again, with the insider knowledge that I have, of liking to go big, not liking to pump the brakes, but maybe he's, maybe he's thought, okay, I'm going to pump the brakes. Now I've gone big enough. What about, why don't we see the women's side doing the preseason edit to hype the fans? That's really a great point. I mean, I would love a Steph Gilmore clip edit. And the opposite of releasing the edit is there's a number of surfers who are intentionally quiet preseason, yep. which makes me think that it's actually a strategy. Yeah, Some of them, it. it's probably laziness. I'm, I mean, like you never see anything from Gabe. 
Definitely not Gabe. Have you ever seen a, or do you remember the last Gabe clip? Can you remember one in your it, mind? No. And if was he in Young Guns or something like that? Was he in one of those? One of those I don't think so. Quicksilver? No. He wasn't. No, he won the King of the Groms a couple okay. of times, which was a Quicksilver event. Yeah, but like, think about uh, Idolo in quarantine, showing how he's working out and yeah. prepping, posting all of his clips every single day. These are all just like shots across the bow for all of his competitors. Whereas Kelly Slater, we have no idea what his training regimen is. Yeah. John John Florence, no idea. Kelly, Gabriel Medina, no idea. Kelly takes ice baths. So we do, now we have Vim a little Hoff. bit of an idea. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and he does jujitsu. Yeah. So we know those. Yeah. But those are strategical, strategic decisions, yeah. right? And so which bodes better? You know, I'm a hard on your sleeve kind of guy. Are I'm you? just let it all out there because then you're not like playing mental chess while you're actually doing something. Just people know what you think. People know what you're doing, know what you're up to. You're just going to go out and beat them. You're going to go out and be the best you you can be. I don't I don't imagine that Idolo could not wear his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. It's I'm, just a reflection of who he is authentically. I mean, and I would imagine trying to bottle it up would make him all skits out and weird. Totally. Like he would not be the surfer. His, he would not be his best self. That is his best self. Totally. Being out front. So who are you betting on for Survival League? I think I, I, think I threw Medina up there. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going with the, I'm not going to lose. I am not going to lose early. I'll, I'll gamble late. I'm okay. going to guarantee myself a place in the, I don't know. And that's the other thing too. These stinking events keep dropping like flies. So, or did drop like fly, flies. Best. It's hard to pick the season. Yeah. So I'm just picking best on the table. Uh, we, uh, should we do a segment on Dave Prodan? Sure should. <laughs> um, Dave Prodan, who is, what's his? He's the title? chief. There's a lot of chiefs at the World Surf League. He is the chief brand and strategy officer or something. The thing is, his title has changed over the years. It has, but here, I'll get you exactly. Man, we're doing a lot of on-air research today. That's right. It's great. Uh, WSL's chief strategy and brand officer. That's it. Lambast. One of of Dave's roles is uh, he produces a podcast called In the Lineup where he interviews. Is it In the Lineup or just the lineup? I think it might just be the lineup. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this week he dropped an interview, released an interview with Jordy Smith and the introduction of pre-interview with Jordy Smith is what we're here to talk about. So I went on to the worldsurfleague.com to go listen to the lineup. I had been, uh, texted and DM'd at numerous times about the intro. Got to listen to the intro. Got to listen to the intro. So I went to worldsurfleague.com, found the lineup, clicked play. And it was just, I listened to like five minutes of him and Jordy jabbering. And I, I thought my ears were going to bleed. And I was like, wow, people wanted, like, what's the big deal about him talking with Jordy and fluffing Jordy? Like, I don't understand what this is about. Confused. Apparently you have to go on Apple, Apple podcast to hear the intro. Oh, so really? Yeah. So that intro is not on the, whichever, uh, whatever he uses on the World Surf League. Yeah. Interesting. Uh-huh. So, so, you, they, so if you want to hear it, go to Apple or listen to it through Apple Podcasts. Or probably through any podcast app. I would think it all it has the Apple version. Yeah. Um, so this means that the WSL listened to his intro and decided we don't want this on our website? I have no idea. Or maybe he thought that 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you would have it on two different versions for two different versions. Like, unless it somehow just, yeah, I don't know. Mystery. Interesting. Yeah. It's a mystery. I'll, I'll ask. So what did you hear on the Apple version? So I heard, uh, Dave Prodan get very angry at the, uh, I mean, like, you know, a typical beach grit headline, like trying to be as salacious as I can, like still within the truth, but and this, so my headline for this one was, let's see here, was World Surf League Chief Strategy and Brand Officer lambasts political right in scorched earth screed. Quote, the number of conservative whining effing fascists in the surfing world, some of, some of which hold esteemed positions in companies and on Olympic teams, is pathetic. Boom. A hammer. It was a fascist. Two and a half minute. I mean, should I read it? Sure. Yeah. Read what you've got handy anyways. I mean, I, I have his whole, what he said. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Dave Prodan said, thank you to everyone who sent us notes on last week's podcast with Nick Carroll. Many of you saying it's one of the best we've ever done. And of course, as those who listen to it know, Nick was fantastic in it. The comments that the WSL social team pulled to promote, or I'm sorry, the comment that the WSL social team pulled to promote the episode on Instagram was Nick asking if online trolls in the surfing world were the counterculture rebels they so desire to be or just their parents. A reference to the vitriol, someone like two-time world champ Tyler Wright suffers for choosing to speak her mind. And that post, uh, and you could still check this yourself, drew the now standard complaints from this very same community. And then... Dave Prodan went to a breathless voice. All lives matter. Keep politics out of surfing. How great would it be to watch a surf contest? Shrug emoji. All of which unironically proved Nick's point for him. The number of conservative whining effing fascists in the surfing world, some of which hold esteemed positions in companies and on Olympic teams, is pathetic. He goes on and on and on. Should I keep going? It's enough. Yeah. He goes, yeah. He very, very very fiery, which is very, very, very unlike Dave Prodan. But he's ranting about the, quote, fascists who are complaining about politics being brought up in surfing. Here's the thing, though, and this is my, so I listened to it. I calmly and collectively, collectively, collective at all, just calmly, uh, calmly listened and uh, thought, huh, at the end, and then thought Dave Prodan is wrong. What did you think? What do you, in what way is he wrong? For well, sure? he's I just, wrong for sharing his opinion. No, no, or he's his totally, opinion is wrong headed. He's totally right for sharing his opinion. I think he was uh, conflating a bunch of different things together into one like angry thing that was neither very constructive nor helpful nor you know. I mean. I don't know. It seems to me like the WSL has done this, you know, and I won't even use the word woke because I think woke is a loaded word, but the World Surf League has pivoted hard in recent months to be like the real face of, or not the face of, but be part of this progressive movement, right? With Black Lives Matter and with Taking the Knee and with all of this kind of stuff, which is all super great and fine for them. The part that is a little sticky, I think, is when they start selling merch based on their stand. Like, so now you can buy the poster of Tyler Wright taking a knee at, uh, Bell. Where, where was it? 
Um, it was in Australia during the QS events yeah, yeah, yeah. or the Challenger series yeah. or whatever they so call it. So you can see Tyler Wright or you can buy the poster, 99 bucks. Where, so, you know, how much of this, it's easy, I think. I mean, you know, I don't want to be negative about it, but it does seem like it's part marketing, part you know, really actually believing it. And maybe all that stuff is mixed up together. Like they really right. do believe it and they really want to market it and yeah. whatever, all fine and good. But what I think Dave did was paint with way too broad a brush, covering way too many people and throwing them in one way too huge basket and then singling them out. Like I think right. there is so much nuance into what he's talking about. Uh, and he just tossed everything into one basket and labeled them fascist in a very fascist way himself, right? Like totally. summing up a large group of people that sure disagree with them, these people. And I think he joined the two issues of say of people saying, keep politics out of surfing. And then also people saying all lives matter, right? Cause those are two different things. Uh, there is, you know, a, I don't even know, can, you know, conservative community or more conservative community or just different from what he thinks, but I don't think he truly understands it. And then I think he just lit it on fire and kicked it out the door, which is, you're right. Which he is summed it up really well. I mean, because it like, I mean the thinly, thinly, thinly veiled, uh, poke at Brett Simpson, particularly, right? Like, and Biolis. But I mean, for sure, like conservatives at companies, Biolis and, and, and part Simpo. of the Olympic, U.S. Olympic team. Completely. Yeah. Which is, he didn't say U.S. Olympic, he said Olympic teams, but how many, how many... Uh, well, Brett Simpson's is on Instagram... Uh, is out. Filming, yeah, also, yeah, filming Trump rallies in sure. Huntington Beach and giving him thumbs up and sure. stuff like that. I mean, so he is... but That's what he's referencing. But the, and that's the whole thing. And so why is he like... And, you know, if somebody... And I don't know why it was specific about Brett. Does Brett get on to... WSL Instagram and say, keep politics out of surfing. I don't think so. I mean, but he does pro Trump Instagram posts. Sure. On his own. And yeah. so if you're getting frustrated at right. somebody in their own platform using their own thing and or coming on to right. yours while you're putting your stuff onto their platform. I mean, so it just seemed like an in, it was sort of an inappropriate response to a much more complex social issue that Dave oddly didn't deal with very artly or artfully. I feel like he got caught up, which I think he feels he's right. Right. Which is everybody now, everybody's so stuck into feeling they are right and other people are wrong. And that's to me, that's what it sounded like. Dave was saying, like, I am right. You people are wrong. You and like, just again, he said in there, uh, something about where, something about a white supremacist, a white supremacist who just went, went and, you know, hate crime killed eight Asian Americans or Asian women, you know, et cetera, et cetera, where none of those things have been established at all. Like we're all right. so quick to go, you know, you don't, there's no evidence that he's a white supremacist. Maybe he is, but you know, let the evidence come out. There's no evidence that he killed those women because they were Asian American. Maybe it was, but everybody's so quick to, color the world in the way they think it's supposed to be colored. All Trump supporters are racist. Right. You know, all woke people are, you know, trying to cancel everything at every moment and take away my freedom. I mean, just these broad, broad, broad general generalizations. And to me, that's what Dave 
he just contributed to, again, this very, very, very broad generalization and felt he was right doing it because felt those people are wrong and bad. Uh, yes, you nailed it. You summed it up better than I ever could have, but I felt all those things while I was listening because there were moments of it where I was like, yes, I agree with that. Sure. And he'd go off on, and I'm like, wait, what? That, yeah. I don't even want to be associated with that if you're saying, yeah. you know, and then you're right, balled it up and then kicked it down the road. Yeah. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. You and I do what he just did all of the sure. time, but this is our private platform that, you know, uh, you can listen to or not. And they're, we're not beholden to anybody, even our sponsors we've been canceled by, or we've decided not to have them back yep. or whatever. So we're making all those decisions. So when I walked away from it, or once I stopped listening, I thought this is representing the WSL. Yeah. So whether I agree with Dave or not, isn't really an issue. And That's, I like Dave as a person and that, and what he said doesn't affect that in any way. But what I was thinking about was, does this represent the WSL? Yes. I think that's the WSL's official position on- and are they co-signing it? I don't think they co- I think, I mean, I think this is the thing. I think everyone at the WSL from Eric Logan to Jesse Miley-Cyrus to Dave Prodan to, those are probably the only three employees left. This is their position already, right? I, I don't, I'm not convinced it is. I think well, for sure it because is. Because Dave's was so much more uh, passionate. I, I feel like the WSL at large is, let's say Eric Logan and Jesse's is to be vague, like take a vague stance that can't be argued against. Typically, typically, but not anymore. Now it's, now it's Tyler. I think he went rogue. No, it's Tyler Wright on the knee. They're pushing this out and they got fed up. This is what I think the institutionally, the WSL got fed up with people, you know, which that's the thing, like calling it trolling. I think if somebody's saying I disagree or keep politics out of surfing or whatever, fair enough. Why is that trolling? Fair enough. Like if somebody is voicing trolling, an opinion. Trolling by definition is when you are just doing it to get their go. Precisely. But you're right. A lot of these comments are sincere. They're, and they're not, so trolls. they're not trolls. No. And and for Dave to call them trolls, I think. Once, and fascist. By yeah. Way. I mean, fascist <laughs> conservative trolls uh, is, and whiners, is like, again, they were voicing their opinion. You've gone, WSL as an institution, you know, has gone shifted way hard this way. So I think it is, it is institutionally the decision to do this, to put Tyler Wright then out front, but for sure that's it is. such a misstep as a business. And they it, just got, I mean, that's- So you think he wrote that screed, yep. they all read through it and approved it and said, green light, go ahead and publish this. No, he, he wrote it, read it. They listened after and all patted him on the back and hugged. But like, then didn't put it on their website. But I don't know what you see. That's a, there's a mystery there. I don't know why it was not on the website. Because, because I, if it's elsewhere, like, it's not like they can say, well, you know, the lineup is Dave's personal podcast when it's on Apple and all that. And it's also our World Surf League podcast when it's on. I mean, it, so for the record, Dave used to have a couple of versions of a personal podcast. Yeah. This is a WSL production. Yes. So it does yeah, represent I mean, the WSL. Which he, did, he said. I mean, yeah. he said the quote, you know, in his rant, he said the quote that the WSL social team picked from the Nick, right. you know, so right. it's the WSL's team is producing and promoting this so, podcast. So I do have a problem with it. If this is, um, here's the thing, greenlit and approved by the WSL. And this is part of their messaging as an entity. I just, I just think that they didn't like what he said, uh, didn't even raise any of their 
Like what? Which is crazy. Because they heard it and they thought that is exactly what they think too, right? They are sick of these people. This is our company stance. Yeah, which, and I mean, wow. like afterwards, the fact that it got picked up or that Beach Grit did a headline on it or that I did a story on it, they, they may think, okay, Beach Grit is, obviously they would consider Beach Grit a troll organization too, right? Um, but I wonder how, you know, if they have paused to think, oh, wait a second, we, you know, maybe not all people think, think the exact same as us. I would be, so I thought Dave published that without getting approval on the actual copy. And then it went under the radar for a couple of days. You wrote an article about it, I think yesterday. And I thought by today, the episode would have vanished from the world. No. I thought the WSL would then go and re-listen and reinvestigate. No. And then vanquish. That's their, see, the, here's the thing though. It's clearly, again, with the selling the Tyler Wright on the knee poster and by really pushing Tyler into the front of, you know, the, the most forward facing part of the organization, they made a very conscious decision. Um, and I wonder, you know, maybe it's the right business decision, I suppose. Maybe the conservative, whoever, you know, whoever Dave was lambasting uh, they don't care. They want all those guys to go away. They're sick of this Maybe. negativity and they want to court a new, and they feel like if they can purge, I mean, it's like, uh, was it Dirk Ziff, the grumpy local? Yeah. You know, I think right. they've, I think they've disliked as an organization, sort of this, what they would see as this toxic, toxic male core. And yeah. I think they want to get rid of it and they want surfing to be, you know, diverse and welcoming. And so, so maybe, you know, they're just, they're like all you guys, you're done right. out of the room and Dave doesn't care. And they don't care as an organization. They're like, get rid of every one of them. Third scenario. Yeah. Which, what if this was all meant to activate and enrage a certain segment, the segment that is anti WSL, the segment that he's exact vilifying. Yeah simply to get eyeballs and talking about their, because I would argue, first of all, that was the most commented article on beach grit this week. Yep. So it did activate an entire audience. And I would argue that episode gets more downloads than any other lineup episode. Can you, can you see on a podcast how many people tap out after two minutes? I can. Um, I mean, can he though? Like, will he, can he go in and look and say, Oh man, we got, 10,000 downloads yes. on that one and, and 9,800 people tapped out after the it second minute. It depends which server they're using okay. to upload. But yes, the certain providers do provide those stats. Uh, but scenario three is no, because no the WSL has never been provocative. They try not to be provocative. And furthermore, they don't know how to be provocative. And Dave Prodan himself doesn't know how to be provocative. Yeah. Like being provocative is... <laughs> I'm not going to pat myself on the back here, but it takes a bit of skill, right? right? Being a, <laughs> being a provocateur, uh, it takes a, it takes a, you know, how to poke. It's, it's like boxing, you know, you're, I feel like you're jabbing, you got your opponent and you're trying not to get hit and you're trying to hit. Like it's a, yeah. it's a dance. You can't just come out and try to provoke one day. And you also have to not worry about getting hit. Sure. That's the I other mean, thing. The, but I think not that, be offended by getting hit. The question I have is what percentage of the world surf league audience is the fascist whiner that Dave, you know, caught on fire and what percentage of it is the, uh, 
the progressive? Well, if you looked at voting trends in the U.S., 50-50. Yeah. I mean, but in terms... And it's not their audience isn't all U.S. audience, obviously. Yeah. But if that is one marker. I mean... And it, it is pretty down the middle. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. And I wonder, too, though, how many people... I mean, were you personally offended? No. Yeah. I wasn't offended personally. Not at all. I don't get... He wasn't offended. talking about me. I was... But kind of. I mean... I would like, think, well, like I said, that's the thing. It was his, his brush was so broad that I think he was talking about you. He was definitely talking about me. Well, do you think he was talking we, about me? Yes and no. I mean, I think he thinks I, Dave's he, a more critical person than what that rant. Uh, sure. Like a more critical thinker, a more nuanced thinker. Dave, I, I, I know exactly. Dave would think that I don't get on to, uh, you know, comment sections and say, keep politics out of surfing, et cetera. But I stoke a bunch of other people to do it. That's what he would think. Yeah. But if you and he had a conversation one-on-one, -on -one, you would be able to break apart all that nuance and see, I, I think you'd be able to connect on a certain I'm, level. I'm trying to have, I'm trying to either get him on this podcast. Or I, kn I know that he won't go on ours, but yeah, he said, let's revisit after a couple of the events. But did, well, I did, have he, this, did you talk to him after you posted that article? Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. he, he actually texted me. Uh, and then we had a nice exchange uh, where I said, look, I, I mean, just exactly what I said here. Like, I think you painted with way, way too broad a brush and in a sort of unhelpful way. Was he pissed that you posted that article? No, Dave's never. I mean, it's one of the greater parts about Dave, I think, is plays as plays his, plays his cards very, very close to the vest. Yeah. So you can never really get a rise out of him. I've never gotten a visible rise out of him. Yeah. But I don't know that I haven't ever gotten a rise out of him. Right. Uh, what time do you have to leave? We're I'm running good. late. I'm good. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, let's, um, covered a lot of ground here. Let's go to commercial break. Let's do we'll it. come back with Barrel or Not. Jazz, we're back. So good. You know who, um. What a show today. I know. We discussed complex Financial instruments. We've discussed the future of professional surf fandom. We've discussed David Prodan. Politics. We covered <laughs> politics. We cover, covered health in our commercial segment. A crushing show. I know. It's pretty crazy. I got lots of feedback, or I think you did too, from um, the Candui group about our conversations about Pat O'Connell, yeah. Pat Big Ball O'Connell. Yeah. I always forget about the Big Ball detail, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is a shame. I feel like he needs to be Big Ball O'Connell yeah. everywhere. I wonder if he- That needs to stick. What age would it be cool for him to totally take it on just as his, I feel like he's still a dad of young kids, I think, isn't he? Are they young? Yeah. yeah. I feel your, your kids get to a certain age and then you're, that's it. Then you're big ball of con. <laughs> yeah. You got to wait till the kid hits 18. Yeah. Something like that. But it's already out there. Like they made sure. an HBO documentary profiling his big balls. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It wasn't us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not taking the blame for this. Anyways, the can group was happy with us until this segment right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically uh, reaching out and saying, we appreciate the banter. Here's where you were wrong. Yeah. Where were we wrong? <laughs> I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> I mean, it was all speculation anyways, so it was probably mostly wrong. Yeah. But uh, Florence Marine X is coming. Yeah. Simple Shoes are coming. Yeah. Pat O'Connell is the president. So those three were right. That's all that matters. Most important stuff. That's all that matters. The, the sailing gloves they're going to make 
is not correct. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Them getting a corporate buyout from Nike is not correct. Okay. Maybe I said that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, Nike obviously bought. Um, yeah, but they didn't get. Bought and sold and Blue Star and all that. But yeah, there were, weren't individuals. Yes. That got a big payout and yeah. then started this with that. Um, what else? Okay, so I've got Barrel or Not. Is there any, we haven't talked about quarantine content in a while. I just got. Are you like, watching anything? That's the oh quarantine content for us. I thought you were talking about watching surfers in quarantine, which no. is the least no, no, no. favorite thing in the world. Not at all. I'm talking about I hate that. I hate what are you what watching? They're doing what are you binge watching right now? Uh, the Crown. Oh, yeah. We um, watched it. I started or, started late. So yeah. Yeah. Do you like it? I, it totally fills that gap of like something on that I'm three quarters paying attention to. Okay. So yeah. Um, documentary series that I watched on HBO recently that was pretty interesting was the lady and the Dale. Mm. Did you ever see this? No, I'd never even heard of this story. It's a compelling story. Wait, what? It's ringing so a bell now. This woman um, is the president of a new car company in the seventies. It's a three wheeled car called the Dale. And it's the idea was there was um, the timing of it was perfect because there was this gas shortage right? Oil crisis, yep. gas shortage, gas prices are through the roof. And the Dale is supposed to get 70 miles to the gallon. And it's fully enclosed, uh, three wheel, one wheel in the front, two wheels in the back vehicle prototype. And so they start taking all these um, payments for it, like deposits for this car. And it was going to be cheap. It's yeah. going to be like $2,000 or something. So they start taking all these deposits, but they actually haven't built a running model that works without rolling over or that actually gets the 70 miles to the gallon or any of that stuff. But they've got this marketing machine that's all hype. That's like stimulating all of these deposits coming in and they're taking on all this venture capital investment. So they're just building these million, they're basically have millions of dollars in investment, millions and millions and millions, tens of millions. And they're using the money to hire the engineers and all that sort of stuff. Well, come to find out. So it's, you know, there is a question when something like that happens. It happened when, with WeWork. Yeah. There's always a question of, are these just shysters who are going to run with the money? Or are they actually going to deliver the product to the market? And this will revolutionize the car industry. Well, come to find out, all these little indicators started coming out that the woman that was running the company was not who she said she was. Turns out, she's only recently a woman. Nice. She was born a male and that male has this huge uh, track record of criminal history. Wow. Of just ripping people off from like the age of nine. What a story. Yeah. And like changing his name multiple, multiple times, ultimately getting involved with a mob and then transitioning from male to not only changing his name once again, but transitioning from male to female. Did he transition because he was in fact trans or just to hide? Who's to say? Okay. He'll say absolutely. Yeah. Yes. But he always fully believed every lie that he yeah. told, you know? So, and, and so that's throughout the documentary they're interviewing kind of, um, uh, leaders in the trans community or spoke, you know, um, visible people in the trans community who are saying this is problematic to have somebody like this be your spokesperson in the seventies who has, whether or not she was sincere, yeah. it still colors 
the public's perception of trans people. Yeah. This is the most visible person in our community. And we're not even sure what yeah. their true authentic, you know, it's really, really compelling. Okay. I'm, is it HBO? It's on HBO. It's called the lady and the Dale. Okay. In. The Duplass brothers production. Oh, nice. I like yeah. the Duplass brothers. I like those guys too. And I guess they got, I remember seeing a news story a year or two ago that they got like a three part of the HBO max, like, building out their content. They gave those guys like a three or five um, picture deal. And this was, I think the first of those. Great. So yeah, the lady in the Dale, nice. super solid. Yeah. By the way, you want to see the merch that's available to subscribers? Heck yeah. This is the first ever, the grit podcast t-shirt. Nice. The Fox news logo, of course, Love it. provided by a listener. Love it. So obviously merch was made available to subscribers last week. It'll go to the public in a week or two. I don't think we'll get a cease and desist for our logo. You don't think so? I think it just needs to be a certain percent different. And that percent is not very great. And I'm sure that's, I mean, obviously it says the grit, not Fox news on it. Okay. But the fact that I always promote it as the Fox news logo spoof, think does that, that get us into hot no, water? I don't think so. I think we're, we're allowed to do that all day, every day. Look at all, all right. those skateboard decks. Remember how skateboard decks used to be straight up just ripoffs of everything. Yeah. But what happened with them? I oh, mean, they got away with it. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying. Did you ever watch that show? Nathan for you? No. Oh, it's so good. Nathan Fielder. Do you know who he is? No. Oh my God. This okay. show was so good. Nathan for you. Nathan for you. Okay. <laughs> I can't even explain the concept of the show because it's so, you just really have to watch it. But he does this, um, he does this episode that's, he tries to create a uh, knockoff Starbucks. Yeah. And I'm already liking it. It's really good. And you can, there's something called parody law. Yeah. So like yeah. you, you can get sued for copyright infringement unless it's a parody. Yeah. So if it's intentionally kind of making parody of something. So he creates an entire Starbucks, same color logo, same exact font. The menu's entirely the same, but he calls it dumb Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can order a dumb cappuccino <laughs> and a dumb mocha and all this stuff. And it freaking works. And sure enough, and they like open the store and like they have a huge party to kick it off. There's lines to out Starbucks the door. Starbucks too? Yeah, Starbucks. Well, I forget how it ended up in the end, but they definitely like sent the cease and desist lawyer, like orders, lawyers came down, all this stuff. And they had part of the TV show was they had their own team of lawyers in place already detailing it to the Starbucks lawyers, just being so like, nope, parody. this operates under parody law. We already got it cleared. Here's everything. Here's all the legal documentation. That is amazing. Like, yeah, it I fully really worked. Like that. It was like really it. good. Nathan, for you, it was an amazing show. They only had like two or three seasons. We should start a dumb WSL. <laughs> we can get all the same surfers. We'll just pay them more. But maybe that's what our NFT thing is. Could be. We just do our own tour and we'll say, hey, these guys, we're not in competition with you. We, so... Yeah, you can't make them not surf here. Well, I don't think we even make our own tour. We just follow their tour and trade off of their tour. Oh, like just we have the platform that trades exactly what we said. Rebroadcast everything. Just call it Dumb WSL. Yeah. Oh, love it. With our own commentary. Dumb Joe Turpel. <laughs> you could play him. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we should go to Barrel or Not. Okay. Uh, everybody's favorite segment. Uh, this one came from a listener. Barrel or Not, hanging your wetsuit from your side view mirror for your drive home. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go barrel. I'm going to oh, go barrel. I'm going to go barrel because it shows such disregard. <sighs> Lose this wetsuit. Got another 20 in the garage. Shows a real, uh, yeah, that you are a man with or a woman with many surf things. Like it. 
does it depend how far from the beach you live? I mean, I think it would be assumed you're not going on the freeway, right? So does that change it? If you saw one on the freeway, is it now not barrel? I'd like it even more. Okay. I mean, it'd be a stand-up, hand-drag roof barrel, roof barrel. In in what scenario do you need it to dry that quickly? Well, I could see that I've been surfing more this week than I have in a while. Really getting my surf reps in. And I don't like to put on a wet wetsuit, especially it's been a brisk wind blowing in Southern California. Chilly. So If you're doing a two-a-day. Yeah, if you're doing two day or you're doing every every day, uh, because it's hard for a wetsuit to dry overnight. You don't own two wetsuits. I do, but even both of them, I'm cycling through them, and one is still always wet, even though it's only getting surfed every other day at this point. Yeah. Okay. So I guess you're right. I, I like was going to say no barrel, but as you, I I have plenty of wetsuits. I never have to wear a wet a wet wetsuit. Thankfully. Uh, I solved that problem, I'd say, a decade ago in my life because I realized how miserable that was. But this really represents somebody who is so hardcore and maybe short on funds. Sure. This is a very unique segment of the population who is doing this thing. Which you and don't it's see. it's purely it, for function. And you don't see it very often. You don't. And it nobody's, of the people that you do see doing it, nobody's doing it to illustrate to all the other drivers Look that they're a surfer. Nope. They are, they're, it, they're doing it for function. They have 20 minutes, this 20 minute drive, and that's going to dry their wetsuit 20% faster. And that is worth it. For them to get the afternoon session. Exactly. So this is barrel. Super barrel. We highlighted yeah. a hardcore surfer. Super us. barrel. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Thanks listener for that one. Yeah. Barrel or not. Nah. Kelly calling you out for dodging a barrel. Ooh. This is his new thing. Here's, did, did he do it again? The one that he did in Miami yeah. was not the first. Yeah, I've yeah. seen him doing this. He's tagging Barrel Dodgers Anonymous on Instagram weekly. So here's the thing. This is a complex one, right? Because Barrel Dodgers Anonymous is one of the funniest Instagram accounts, in my opinion. The concept of it alone is amazing. And the the way they write their captions, like it is, it is very, very, very funny and very, very, very well done. So I like that Kelly is driving traffic there. The problem in classic Kelly fashion, it is such a, uh, like all Kelly's trying to do is make himself again, look good. Uh, or I guess not himself, like he's trying to shame other people, really. Or I mean, obviously he is. And by pointing them to a, uh, a parody account, I suppose, he can be like, well, I'm just having fun here. But really, he's like mocking people who aren't as good as him. So this, right where you left it off, leads us to a previous barrel or not from months ago, maybe a year ago, where... This is Kelly um, in like uh, you only make fun of your friends from high school or your brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is actually Kelly's embrace of you. If Kelly's making fun of you for dodging a barrel, it's because he's holding you accountable because you dodged that barrel and he wants you to level up. I disagree. I want Kelly to. I disagree. Me. I think Kelly is just shaming people for the very sake of shaming. For the sake of elevating his own, keeping yes. his name in the conversation. And just, and oh, Kelly Slater doesn't dodge barrels. Yeah. Is the subtext. That's I would I feel think. honored if I dodged a barrel. And Kelly called you out on it? If somebody then happened to film it. Yeah. If it then happened to end up on Instagram and then Kelly happened to comment, I would feel honored. That bro's particular barrel dodge uh, was pretty 
a pretty rough one. Here's the deal. He didn't, he didn't fully dodge it. He just wasn't in it. I mean, and it would So that's the thing though. There's a detail there. If the wave is barreling and you go down to the bottom and around it, and it's like barreling right next to you, that's a proper barrel dodge. This guy just didn't take off deep enough. And so he was soul arching, but he wasn't in the barrel. The soul arch makes it egregious. I mean, that's the problem is he was looking at the roof that was kind of there. It was just over his head. Yeah. 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 I mean, but it was a nice pose. If he would have been fully barreled, it would have been an awesome pose. I would have liked it. Yeah. So this is a unique barrel dodge because it was all about the soul arch when you're not in the barrel. Exactly. But, but back to Kelly, I'm going to say Kelly calling people out for barrel dodging is no barrel. Leave people alone, Kelly. So if you barrel dodged and it was on Instagram and Kelly called you out, you would not be happy. I'd say, fuck you, Kelly. That's what I would say. I take it as a compliment. <laughs> I'm all in. I want to get called out. I'm going to start dodging barrels and hiring filmers. I'm going to go to El Porto, use Eric Logan's filmer. And just start dodging everything. I'm going to walk up to that filmer on the beach yeah. and be like, hey, I'm going to be right over there. Yeah, dodging. Look for me. Yeah, it's good. Um, barrel or not, taking a break from social media. This is related to a couple of news stories. Yep. Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He's been off, but he's coming back. Oh, is he? He's getting his Twitter back? Nope. Oh, <laughs> Not he's, Twitter. He's starting his own. He's starting his own. That's okay. the news story. Okay. I don't know if it's actually okay. happened. Um, taking a break from social media. No, Beryl. I'm going to say if you have a big enough problem with social media that you need to take a break, then you should be off full time. Then mm. you should take a permanent break. Otherwise... Manage your damn social media time appropriately, like an adult. Do you track how much time you spend? On social? Uh, no, but the problem for me, I suppose, as opposed to others, is social is a chunk of my work. I know. So, like, for me, it, it, it my social media time feels like work. It doesn't feel like pleasure. Yeah. No, I mean, and, uh, so, yeah, my work feels like, <laughs> my work feels like pleasure, though. So, yeah, no. All to say, it's, it's all pretty convoluted. It is way convoluted, but uh, I don't consider it, when I'm on social, I'm not considering it wasting time. Okay. Yeah. Rarely um, do I just scroll through Instagram randomly just because. Right. And I'm never on Facebook and I'm never on Twitter. Right. And. But do you ever take time off work then is the question. No. I was thinking about that. I was a mental breakdown last week and in it thought, man, like. I wonder if part of it is because I really do. I'm seven days a week, basically every waking hour. Well, in this last year or few months, you were down in Cabo and you were still working while you were there. You were in Jackson Hole a couple of times, still working throughout that entire trip. Yeah. So even when you go places, you don't stop working. Don't stop. And you even design a way to make that trip a work trip. Don't stop. Can't stop. Yeah. Mm. Do you ever stop working? Never. Have Have you taken a proper vacation where you like didn't work? Over New Year's, we went to Paso Robles for like three nights, I think. Yep. And that was kind of the most of it. Yep. And I think I did not work while I was there. But no, I don't. I'm sure there's very many listeners listening to me talk about this as work and just laughing. Say, you do zero work. I agree. That's what you do seven days a week of it because so you're not I, working. I do agree that a lot of people um, legitimately work harder than yeah. I do. Yeah. I'd say the vast majority of people do. <laughs> but- um, it's a different type of hard. Yeah. Like being on all the time and communicating all of the time incessantly is 
Uh, it's not physical labor, but it is a, its own type of exhaustion. And it's, I chose it. You know what I mean? Like I sure. don't want to dig ditches because that sounds miserable to me. And I admire the people who do. And I'm grateful that they do that we, or throw out our trash or whatever it is, all of the various jobs go to war for us. Something I don't want to do. Yep. And so I'm grateful that there are people that do that thing. Uh, which is why I've chosen my thing. Do you think, do you think on his next podcast, Dave Prodan is going to call us whining effing fascists for talking about how much we work? He would be wrong if he did. Uh, he's more than welcome to call us what we actually are. And there's a lot of insults that are available there, but we're not that whiny. I don't think, yeah. and I don't think we're fascists. I, I'm not fascist. Yeah. I mean, so, I'm definitely not. Yeah. But he's welcome. Yeah. To throw barbs. Way in, Dave. All right, so uh, taking a break from social media. No barrel. No barrel. If you need to take a break. Manage it. Manage your damn, yeah, don't take a break. All right. Specifically manage it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Album Surfboards for hosting us as always. Such a beautiful, I like that uh, now listeners, if they go to become watchers, can oftentimes see Matt Parker himself in the background. I know, we're plunking in a, away. We're in a glass bowl here. Yep. They could probably read his emails over your shoulder. Yeah. I'm if you zoom read really right in. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks to everybody for participating in Project Abelli. It's on GoFundMe or surfsplendorpodcast.com. You can go there and get it. 15 grand. Let's get it up there. I mean, honestly, that's a small, we should, knowing the number of people that listen to this, we should easily be able to hit that number. If we don't, it'll be shame on us it really will be yeah it'll be shame on the people yeah. the people this is our opportunity to take back power prove the concept so that moving forward we shift all of the power into our decision making hands amen so let's do this for new people rise up and newcastle starts on april 1st so by the time we're recording next week's episode hopefully we'll have yeah inshallah hopefully. yeah hopefully. all right Chaz. uh until next week get barrel